0: Inside, he's got the breakaway with a touch to the right. Goal! Everything you wanted from this debut, it's Brandon By. Taking a shot with the left. Goal! Isaac Friend from 25 yards out. The equalizer. Will Kid with the touch and the goal. It's a go ahead goal.
1: Minneapolis City.
0: This is
2: the People's Pitch Podcast, the official podcast of your Minneapolis City Soccer Club. Brought to you by Summit Brewing Company.
3: What is up, Crow fans? How the heck are you? We missed you last week. Did you miss us? I'm your host, John, and alongside me, as always, is our version of Harry Carey, Mr. Nathan Morales. Nate, a little piece of me inside (laughs) is empty when I don't talk soccer with you on a weekly basis. Do you have the same feels? Yeah, well, I mean, the good news is is we're back and forth on Gchat all week long,
2: shitting <laughs> literally, all over the United we talk, so. <laughs> literally, we talk to each other like
3: every day. Oh, sign another
2: winger. Oh, sign another winger. Well, I like that. The Harry Carey. If you were a hot dog, would you eat yourself? <laughs> I know I would. Uh, yeah.
3: Wash it down with a nice cold Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. Well, we are happy to be back, folks, and have a great show for you this week. We have an update on, uh, on Trey Benhart, as we know. He was off on a little bit of a trial. We also have a bit of a FIFA 28 news to cover uh, that Nate will walk you through. And there was some player signings that came out over the past few weeks, and we are here to fill you in a bit more on some of the new crows, as well as a few guys who are coming back um, for another dance with, uh, with Minneapolis City. Then we close out our show with a special guest in the virtual studio. We will be joined by the sometimes voice of City Streaming Broadcast, the silky smooth voice that is K Fan from Nine to Noon, Mr. Eric Norquist. Yes. I know. You're excited for that one. I am. Were you going to say something there? I I, said I I am. Oh, (laughs) I think I said (laughs) um. Like, um what? <laughs> uh, and no and so, then. Yeah, and, and then? <laughs> um, anyway, so let's talk a little bit about Trey Benhart. For those of you who are not regular listeners, you really should be. But if you aren't, we brought you some news on our very own Trey Benhart and the trial he was on in in Estonia for First Division side Tamek last week. Or Tameka, whatever you want to call it. Quick refresher, Trey's offer for this trial came out of his stellar performance in Orlando at the MPSL Showcase. Well, his trial has ended, Nate, uh, and we are both happy and sad to say that things did not work out, and Trey has returned home. And you may ask, why are you happy, John? And I yeah, will say, well... mean. Well, we are happy because until his next opportunity comes, and I really do feel there will be another opportunity for him, he is a crow. So that's a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, as he said it, In quotes, if I'm not getting paid to play soccer, it's city till I die. So I was like, all right, man, I got it. I got you. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Yeah. I thought it was pretty cool, too. So where the sadness part comes from is how things worked out for him. And this, folks, is the ugly side of soccer across the pond. And not a lot of Americans get exposed to it, that sometimes things just don't work out for the dumbest reasons. And, I mean, there's politics in soccer in the United States, too. Politics everywhere. But – Trey was told that he had the absolutely had the ability to play at that level and was impressive in his time there, but it was his lack of intensity that they felt was the deciding factor. Yeah, they basically what? said he was too calm, which is totally lame, right?
2: Yeah, isn't that kind of the? That's why we love him. First of all, right? Is that he's totally old calm. faithful?
3: Yeah, in, in like almost all circumstances. But exactly, whatever, man. So it was that lack of intense intensity that, for you know, that calming present. Presence on your back on your last line of defense is something that he's full of, but the staff at Temeca thought that was a bad thing. And if it were me, I would have ten Trey Benharts on any of the teams that I'm am co- connected to. I mean, he's a fantastic player. He's a great person um, who any organization would be um, glad to have. Very dedicated, but apparently he just didn't have. He, he wasn't a crazy a crazy madman, and that's what they that's what they wanted. So, um, so at the end of the day, we can we can put it like this. The Benhart family is not gonna be vacationing to the Baltics anytime soon. <laughs>
2: it feels like such a cop out reason to give anyone like you you did exactly what we wanted to do and we we'd love you. It's almost we'd love you for the part, basically, but uh, you know, I don't know, like you're not you're not crazy enough. You're not you're not batshit. Yeah. Like next time he needs to show up like in camp, like prison style and just like kick someone's ass the first day <laughs> and <laughs> And then it'd be, be fine. Like, what are you looking at, motherfucker? You're going to eat your cornbread fruit? Yeah, right? <laughs> or, like, <laughs> yeah. or, like, show up and just, like, eat the head off a bat. Like, do something real crazy and just give everyone the evil eye, and then it'll make the team. We're the John Randall eye black. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's not the dumbest reason you've ever heard for not making a team, but. I mean, it's
3: pretty close. It's got to be so, up there. So, my thoughts are probably that, um, one, the trial was a favor, and. And one B was they really didn't need a center back, and B they were uh, they were afraid they were, they were they were afraid to to sign an American. Yeah, that could be all, all those and, are, all those are and, solid and reasons. And they wanted to make they wanted to make a they wanted to make like a somewhat in their mind in the in the Estonian brain uh, excuse that, that made sense to them, and it was that they needed someone more intense. Which, yeah. and then you, you can you teach intensity? Um, so it's they, uncoachable. They, Right, so they made an uncoachable decision there. So, anyways, uh, Trey, What do they call it a uh, a dumb shit reason. No. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so at the end of the at the end of the day, Trey, sorry to hear, man. Um, you deserve better, and this will not be your your last chance at uh, at trying out for a pro club. That's for sure. So, John, did you see this?
2: So last week, I'm sure you saw it. Last week, I saw this tweet. Uh, yeah, I did, from I did see it about how <laughs> it was from you. It, it's it. it about how Minnesota United's recent <laughs> signings were up in uh, in FIFA's new update, and so and I was like, "Oh, that's," and I clicked on the link and I looked at the thing, and I'm like, "Wow, Pangop is in the game," and that was not as exciting as, <laughs> as maybe this guy felt about it. <laughs> but like this light that guy bulb guy got so
3: <laughs> such a boner for, for Franz Pangop.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but like the light bulb went and went on above my head, and I was like, "If United's roster update is live." Then maybe New England's is live. So I went to my favorite FIFA, the game website, sofifa.com. It's really uh, good, actually. It's, it's, first of all, I'm going to plug it because there's so much scouting that you need to do in career mode in that game that it's literally impossible to find the best players unless you just stumble on them. Right, right. So it's like, it's or nice. you already
3: knew about them, right,
2: right. So it's nice to be able to say, like, I need this guy from this country or this age, and and mm-hmm. uh, I need this this uh,
3: whatever. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: you know what I'm saying. What do they call it? Uh, you know, this position, all that stuff. But anyway, so I was on, I went to Sofifa and I had a look at New England's roster, and of course,
3: what do you think I found, John? I, you know, I don't want to say your thunder, so just go I ahead. I what, found Brandon you find? By. He's in the game. He is. EA Sports, EA Sports. He is, he is in the, in the game.
2: game. I know. So what does that mean, Nate? <laughs> well, that uh, like I like I tweeted that is officially the first Minneapolis City player to b-
3: have made FIFA 18 or FIFA any FIFA for that matter. Well, I mean, I've made myself in FIFA in the past, so I mean, maybe he's the second. Yeah, so <laughs> that uh, yeah, like <laughs> career, personal career mode does not count. Well, you um, didn't say that, Nate. <laughs> so I think I don't know. That's pretty
2: exciting. They obviously oh, super cool because right? he's new to the team and all these new new signings don't have their um, official MLS photos yet. He won't either. But as those roll out, um, that'll be pretty cool to see. Uh, I don't know. It's neat. It's just like our own little slice of uh, you know um, the game that we can that we can feel like is a real it's our own little guy to role play with within the game. So there's
3: so there's there's two two things for me on this to, to kind of close the loop. One, I will absolutely be bringing him into whatever team I start, any team, I'll, it doesn't matter. And I'll completely overpay him. So <laughs> uh, so <laughs> and two is uh awesome that is, uh, his uh, combined rating is a respectable 69. <laughs> no, it's 60. No, it was sixty nine when I looked at it. Oh, was it? Did they yeah. up it? That's crazy. I, I think he got I think that preseason that preseason goal he scored against F C Cincy gave him an extra nine points to bring him up to sixty nine. Damn. Well he... so hats off, Brandon. <laughs> sixty nine master you. So that's so that's pretty cool um some pretty cool
2: past player news. But there's all sorts of current and future player news that has been either rolling out this week or um is secretly within your mind john and i want to i want to make yes. sure we talk about that
3: yes we're doing kind of a slow burn you know you know my uh my take on the slow burn from our trip to aurora mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you, don't, you don't you know when you're on a bus ride to illinois for however long six hours eight hours whatever it was and, and you got a cooler full of beer it's a slow burn a you know you don't burn. you don't want to go off with a with a bang so we're doing player news as a slow burn this year instead of uh the shotgun blast but putting on my sporting director hat and keeping it on really since the season ended last year i've been working with our coaching staff to bring in players um, of need and to lock up those players that we identified from last year that we wanted to bring back well nate as you know the club has started to put those out um on the internet and yes. you can check them out on twitter and I facebook and uh we're really excited about the first group of players that are coming that are uh, joining us this year and um I guess we'll just start off with the, uh, the returners because it's a little bit lower-hanging fruit here, and then we can have a little more of a discussion on two new players to uh, to the murder. So first is Martin Brown Jr. Uh, I mean, what else do you really need to say about this announcement? The followers of the murder, you know who he is, what he can do. Fantastic player with that lethal left foot who can put a crying baby to sleep with his first touch alone. <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he controlled our midfield last year, and we will look for him to do more of the same this this year in his second year at the club and uh, just an awesome guy to have.
2: I, yeah, I also heard he's he's not a bad roller skater. What? Wait, what? I don't know. He's, his social him and his brother went roller skating, <laughs> like like old school four wheel roller skating at the. I don't know ring. if
3: that's in his contract. He's allowed to do
2: those kind of extracurricular. Oh shit! Busted. Um, no, it's super cool to have Martin back. Um, he's one of those guys that as we move forward. Uh, and build and as the team keep, continues to grow like I can see him turning into a player coach or just a coach like he's got the he's got the the skills the but he's also got the wisdom and the mind to really yeah. um, to help other people develop and younger players develop which mm-hmm. I think is something that the, the team uh, especially in the direction that, that we're moving towards with these with this U23 squad and a lot of younger guys on the team um, including our next player we're going to need in the future.
3: Right. Exactly. I think, you know, Martin's made a conscious effort to, to explore coaching as a career. Um, You know, he helped Adam out at De La Salle over the, um, the high school season. He's, you know, he's coaching club soccer in the fall um, and then won the winter and in the fall and then likely into the summer as well. So, uh, I, I think you're right. I think Martin, um, not only a good player, but also uh, a good advocate and grower of the game and, and uh, teacher of the game. So, uh, awesome to have uh, have him back. The next player is uh, Mr. Ian Smith, better known to most of us as just Steve. Yes, yeah, Steve! Steve! Ian is one of a handful of players who is returning this year that has been with us from the start, which we'll get, we'll get to quite a few of those in the next few weeks but Steve comes back to us for his third year as a semi-pro player before the ripe age of 21, and that honestly, Nate, is a rarity at this level. When most players really only get their sniff after their maybe their first college season or maybe their second or third college season, and uh, you know he's he's been with us since he was just a pup in high school before he even went to college. And if you uh, if you read the article he penned uh, about the importance of what City meant to his progression going into college, you know we. Um, we can only uh, hope that that continues as he goes into his third year and then uh, and then what he'll be able to do in college. But uh, he's a textbook textbook definition of what you need out of a central defensive midfielder, and he's grown not only physically since first joining us, but he's also upped his game each year and sharpened his tools. Kind of you know with while performing at a very high level while not with us and at UW Green Bay playing in really every match of his college career, which is very rare for a sophomore. Yeah, specifically at a very intense um pivotal position kind of anchoring in front of that back line so um you know we can anticipate him and take another jump this year you know i i talk to him regularly while he's up at school and he just puts the work in and we can surely see him scoring another goal this year and, and pulling one of his sock down <laughs> for uh for a celebration but happy to have steve back you know we don't know how long we're gonna be able to keep him for this might you know it might be his last year before he tries to go on to Um, another level uh, as he wants to make soccer uh, a job so yeah you know we'll see but happy to have him back and and we know what we're gonna get and and hopefully he's kind of sprinkles in some new things like uh like more forward passing yeah (laughs) please (laughs) mta
2: more forward (laughs) passing.
3: honestly in all honesty that's a joke i I did watch him play in college this year and he is he's added that to his game which is exciting so well one of the cool
2: things about steve is that You know, we've watched two seasons now in Minneapolis City almost every game, and that means we've also watched almost every goal scored against us. And I rarely – I don't remember ever thinking, like, ah, Steve really fucked up on that one.
3: Right. Um, There was only one that I can remember, and it would have caused him to get a second yellow card. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think,
2: you know, just another – talk about another calming presence, another steady hand in the – you know. Uh, another
3: Green Bay Phoenix. That's another a, a, Green Bay Phoenix. Ba- it's like they're, they're <laughs> it's like they're they're growing quiet intensity up there. Well, well, their coach John John O'Reilly must just be really zen, like uh, so, Phil, ja- oh, Phil so Jackson zen. of the Midwest. So zen. But we
2: don't have just older players or past players returning. There are a couple
3: new players that you that you're really excited about signing. Yes, two uh, two new college players, two young boys actually, and you know, like we were actually kind of trending. Old, I guess you could say. Last year, you know, we had we had quite a few players that were, you know, getting up there and and past the thirty year mark uh, or bumping up against it. So it's good to, to bring in some some high quality younger talent that's that's hungry and that only makes everybody better. So the yeah, first yeah, one yeah. was actually the f- uh, the second signing we made after Martin, and he goes by the name of Juan Luis. Juan is an attacking center mid uh, center mid or a wide mid player that comes to us after his first year as a Drake Bulldog. But before Drake, Juan was an all state performer performer for Washburn High, leading to player of the year honors his senior year, scoring twenty four goals and telling eleven assists as a midfielder in his senior year. So that's uh that's 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 striker numbers coming from a from a number ten. And that's another Washburn product. Yep, another Washburn product. Speaking of Steve, speaking yeah, just like <laughs> Steve. Yep. So at Drake he featured in 14 games with 9 starts tallying 1 point as a freshman. So basically what that tells us Nate is that he just got his feet wet at the D1 level and mm-hmm. started and, he, and and if you look at if you go on their website and you look at like when he was getting his minutes it was towards the end of the season. So he adjusted to the game. Yep. And um and look very much so looking to break out going into his second season. And this is the script we're hoping to see him follow as a crow. To get the kind of the lay of the land with our club and the MPSL and build a, build a base for hopefully what is a few years before he goes on to bigger and better things in his soccer career. But Juan possesses a really deft first touch, very much so the mold of Martin Brown, but uh, with a right foot. Okay. Uh, and then he couples that with with uh, very quick speed uh, in in kind of short tight spaces. You know, I don't think he's a, a long distance burner, but he's very very quick, and he has the ability to score with both his right and left foot. So all of these things is what you look for in attacking player, and we are really excited to have him with us this coming season. Uh, you know, again,
2: exciting to add attacking players. I know that's one of those things that um, we need you know, goals, people, right? <laughs> people love to see. We always we do need goals. We need some something dynamic up front, um, and, and more, I should say, consistent. Um, it's consistently Dynamicism. dynamic up front, but uh, so that'll be cool. I'm always happy to. I'm always excited to see what new players bring and like you said if even if the first couple games or the first half of the season is is all about adjustment and he spends some time with the U23 squad or whatever
3: uh pretty exciting so just to end end off on Juan Luis so the first session he came to I saw I saw him score six goals in seven seven aside um and on six shots one of them chipping Matt Elder on a small sided goal from like 30 yards out <laughs> And this is like the first time I get to see this kid play. And I look over at Adam. and I said, "Should I just hand him the paperwork <laughs> <laughs> to sign him up right now?" And and the, the other part too is, um, uh, he's a super nice kid. Like r- actually, all like all the younger players that we're bringing in are just really good kids, and that's that's awesome. It, it totally speaks to our no assholes policy. Yeah. And um and 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 really um. You know, it helps us continue the the mission of bringing in you know local players that, uh, that that really want to be here. Nice. So I can't believe you got this
2: next guy, and I can't believe I can pronounce his name. It is Tommy Katsianis. So how can you not believe that we got him? <laughs> well, he, that's a good point. He's just got um from from what I've read about it, the pedigree is is there. Yeah. I'm yeah, su- My real surprise is that he is um he's not doing something else with his summer.
3: Yes, so Tommy is another new member of the Murder, as we mentioned, and one that comes to us with a fantastic background in his young soccer career. Tommy plays the 10, so he's the attacking midfielder, um, and is has been very productive so far in his young career. He possesses really what I think is next-level vision and the ability to make that lethal pass to break down a defense with above-average scoring ability from a number 10. So, you know, we talked about Juan Luis scoring 24 goals as a 10 in, in – um, In high school, but but Tommy was able to do it at the college level, and um, you know we're not talking about just a passer here. He can score goals. Before joining us, the the Eden Prairie native played exclusively for the DA uh, for years with MTA. And in 2016, he was called into the U.S. Men's National Team Youth Camp, and uh, a few times actually. And although he didn't gain any first team caps, that is a fantastic opportunity for a young player. Yeah. And those performances led him to Northwestern University in the Big Ten, not the one here in Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, where, like, former Crow, Sam Forsgren, he was named uh, Big Ten All Freshman First Team. And his performance for the Wildcats in his first year really does the talking for the type of player I, that I just mentioned he is. In year one, he featured in 19 games and had 13 starts. Leading the team in, with seven goals and fifteen points, highlighted um, highlighting that is that he really seems to hate Rutgers call, uh, University. Yeah. In th- in three matches against Rutgers, which included two regular season and one postseason game, <laughs> he scored four goals, including including two game winners. So that, that's that's like I really hate that team, or <laughs> it's just like he had the secret well, sauce against those guys. He had them figured out. Yeah, he Still, just had them- like
2: for a freshman to lead the team in
3: goals. I mean, they didn't have a, that good of a year. Let me caveat that. But they're still, still playing in the Big Ten. Amazing. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, four of those seven goals came against Rutgers. Or three of those seven goals came against Rutgers. And outside of Rutgers, I don't really see any other shitty team in the Big Ten. Yeah. I think maybe Penn State maybe had a down year. But, um, but I mean, you're playing against Maryland. You're playing against Indiana. You're playing against Ohio State. And
2: that's that's the attacking mid. Like,
3: where are your yeah. forwards? Right, Exactly. So um, so let's just hope, Nate, that he really hates Duluth like he hates uh, Ruckers this summer. <laughs>
2: uh, so this guy, just like, uh, just like Juan Luis, though, both of these guys, it's kind of a testament to where, not to come bring everything back to Steve, but we just talked about him. Like, this is another MTA product. Juan was another Washburn product. Both of them a year behind Steve. So
3: hopefully one day we've got a pretty solid core of guys that have played together and know each other. Well, actually, Nate, it's funny you say that. So I finished up – I mean, we're going to have to have a whole show about the U23 roster too. Um, man, we got a lot of players in an Uh I finished up signing um, uh, a couple of players today for the U23 team, which I won't name by names. But um, one of them played with Juan Luis. One of them played with Ian. And you start looking at where these guys played club um, throughout the years and um, – you start seeing guys that popped up and played with Goose at um, Minneapolis United. So what we're getting at is, you're right. We're getting at like a, now we have this U23 group where we ha- we can bring in more players, and they are they they're getting the chance to not, to continue their careers playing together, which probably would have ended at U18 or U19 if they <clears throat> excuse me if they came back um, and didn't play MPSL or or some pro soccer after their first year in college. So so let, let me yes, put words
2: th- let me put words in your mouth real quick because. I want to touch on something that you just said. Um, am I to assume by the way that you're talking that these these two guys, Tommy and uh, and Juan, are not necessarily
3: signed for the U23 roster? These guys are signed for the MPSL roster. That does not mean that they they can't play in the U23 matches. Right. But the U23 team is um, is a few spots away from being full, as is our our uh, mpsl team so oh, wow uh, but no these are these are two new full-time members that are expected to uh to push for minutes and and solely work with the uh, the mpsl team wow. um whereas the players i just mentioned were guys that were that uh were signed exclusively to the u23 team
2: that's awesome that's good clarification
3: yeah so i mean we have um it, we'll have to get into it again on another on another um, episode but we um I'm just super excited about this—the the the fact that we have this U23 team and and the guys that we have coming in. I mean, it's it's going to be exciting. And if I were a uh, MPSL team member, I would really be getting into shape right now and getting ready for that. <laughs> you got to uh, start
2: looking over your shoulder, right? You
3: got to. And like competition breeds success, and we now have it. Um, and just super excited for it.
2: Well, I can't wait to talk uh, talk U23 roster, but we have uh, we have someone else to talk to right now, John.
3: We do. We do, and been, you have uh, a, a media boner for this discussion, don't you? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> well, it is uh,
2: it is rare that we get someone on the show that actually knows something about sports, uh, and we have that tonight. I mean, in our own little weird little world, we, we probably have a few well-known uh, sports minds in our collective, but like... We're talking about true Minnesota sports professional, and uh, it is something that we have yet to bring on our show until today. So, we are pleased to welcome the part-time voice of Minneapolis City Broadcasts, and of course the star of our new intro. He is also the full-time producer and on-air personality from K-Fan's PA show from 9 to noon. We have the Eric Nordquist. He goes by Nordo, and we are happy to have him with us. Nordo, welcome to the People's Pitch. Uh, should we call you Nordo, or Eric? Is like Nordo just your stage name, and you know, when you're off hours, it's Eric?
0: Well, Nordo's fine, but I'm, I'm concerned about you touting me as some sort of either Minnesota sports professional <laughs> or, or elite sports mind, because ultimately, I'm just a fan that loves to sit on the couch, drink Summit beer... And root for my favorite teams, a lot like you guys and, and those, I'm sure, that are listening. And well, you just, spe- you just, you're just living that. the
2: dream. You just fell into uh, talking about it in front of, uh, I guess, the on the airwaves for a stadium-sized
3: group of people. Well, That's exactly of, what uh, it is. Spe- <laughs> speaking of Summit, might, I might as well just, uh, yes, just crack oh, that open. <laughs> so, so, Eric, before
2: we start, have you listened to our show at all?
0: I have not heard an episode. All right. No, well, I'm just kidding. I have heard episodes. <laughs> All right,
2: that's fine. So, how how do you think we're doing from like one professional to two idiots uh, with with hack equipment? Uh, what do you What do you think so far? <laughs>
0: Uh, well, I think in this day and age, you need something that records audio and then just have an opinion and roll with it. And yeah. I think you guys are doing that. So, uh, <laughs> Good. I mean, Good to hear. <laughs> you know, in terms of like uh, Marconi Awards, in terms of, uh, you know, national prestige, you know, we're going to keep working on it. And yeah, I think yeah. that's, that's, but we're, we're having fun and that's all that matters.
2: We like to pretend that people listen to us, but really it's
3: just all one big shrug emoji at the end of the day. Well, I mean, we we town our, our <laughs> soccer club as professionally am professionally amateur, so yes, our podcast m- might as well just be a- along the same lines, right? We're on brand.
0: No, it's uh you you guys are the club that parties, and so this <laughs> podcast needs to carry the same vibe with
3: it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you're a Minnesota native, and it it seems to kind of have been th- your your Minnesota your whole life, being from Mankato and. Learning, yeah. your cra- learning your craft while attending uh, the University of Minnesota Mankato before moving to the city full-time and kind of re- really hitting the ground running with your radio career. Maybe start off a little bit by telling us about your background and, and why Sports Talk Radio seems to be your sweet spot.
0: Uh, radio for me was always a passion. Growing up uh, in Mankato, I would always uh, record songs back when uh, tape players were still vogue. <laughs> And I would do my own radio shows, music shows uh, in my room. That was just something I enjoyed doing. And it was always, I always looked at, you know, and if, you know, if you ever meet us radio people, you'll, you'll, you'll think that I'm insane. And part of me does too. But (laughs) as a kid, I always looked at um, the, there there was an intrigue about being able to control the airwaves, tell your story, uh, create your narrative and people would listen to that, and they were interested in it, and that was something that drove me. So, um, into high school, and uh, and then ultimately into college. Uh, just you you get to that point where you're 17, 18 years old, and you're still a dumbass, but you think you know everything. <laughs> and so, I didn't. I thought radio, you know, you don't make any money in it. That that's just it's it's a kid's dream. Forget about it. Much like I thought about playing soccer, and so I just moved on. Ended up going into I mean, I was a psychology major at one point, into economics, eventually, business. I mean, I tried several different avenues, uh, ended up dropping out and, uh, you know, paid the government a fair amount of money for that experience, uh, <laughs> and then moved up here, got into corporate America, didn't like it, and at age 27, I honestly, I just, I got to do something different. Started over, lucked out with an internship at uh, Clear Channel in the building, and uh just a couple of things fell in line and, and got the opportunity with KFAN and uh, and now here I am four and a half years later and, and loving every minute of it. So uh, for me, it, yeah, for me it was uh, you know uh, run forward, hit a brick wall, uh, hit a brick wall about five more times, and then start over. And uh, and now I'm doing something I really love, and that's what's connected me with Minneapolis City and uh, and the sport that I adore as well.
2: So I listen to the drive time shows mostly sometimes some uh, some later stuff like uh like church's video game show and stuff and i gotta say k-fan in general covers a lot of sports but soccer doesn't really seem to be one that Ooh. it's uh, that it's all in on yet right it's often yeah. like a lot of times it's just straight up ripped like especially by sauce and the power trip guys for sure. sure, um, sure. so like when it comes to talking soccer like what's it like in that building like you and pretty much Lovell versus the world
0: yeah it's uh i mean it's crickets you know (laughs) even though i've been there for like i said i mean it'll be five years i think in april Um, i am by far the newest person at the station yeah and as you guys have encountered as soccer fans and really ambassadors of the game trying to grow the game especially at this professionally amateur level i love the way you guys coin that uh but you know, you experience the, the lack of understanding of it. You experience the clichés and the stereotypes. And, and ultimately, you experience people that you know, it's, it's not like what they grew up with. They loved going out in the yard and playing catch, playing baseball. They love, they, they adore the game of football and those things, American football. Mm-hmm. And so uh, there, there is a, a complete, you know, and I love all my colleagues, but I am truly the only individual in that building uh, that has any interest uh, or indeed a love of uh, of the sport of soccer, and so when it comes to talking about it, it is you're you're getting uh, you know air over the head uh, feeling immediately in terms of their lack of interest and in, in such. And you know i I mean I love everyone that I work with. It's not for me to, uh, you know I'm not trying to uh, evangelize uh, it, for them, but uh, just as a fan in the community and such. You know, I, I hold it proud that, that this is my sport. I enjoy it. And uh, any opportunity I uh, get to share that on the air, I, I will take advantage of it. But as you mentioned, uh, few and far between yeah, <laughs> at <yeah>. this <laughs> particular point, uh, those opportunities.
2: This summer feels like a good opportunity to, uh, to do a little evangelizing, right, with the World Cup happening and so many, uh, so many, so much. So many interesting narratives and stuff around that. Nice least. of
0: Team USA to care.
2: Right. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Well, <laughs> thanks for joining the party, USA, right? I guess that is kind of a strike against the casual fan. Yeah, right, couldn't
0: the, couldn't he, the couldn't eke out three fan. points at Trinidad, huh? Yeah. I mean, that's just the tough, <laughs> yeah. rowdy place at Trinidad. <laughs> you know, that stout lineup. That stalwart. Trinidad and Tobago. Hey, man,
3: don't knock Kenwine Jones. I nah, mean, they, you know... The, you know they may not may not have made the World Cup, but I, I'm sure we could uh, we could we could evangelize a little bit by bringing some of those folks out to a city match, maybe.
0: Well, and I, you know I'll tell you, I mean regardless of the, I mean it's it's awful. It is absolutely awful and ridiculous that the United States are not in the World Cup. Uh, in some ways, I mean they're reaching that that weird generational gap where you have the core uh, veterans that are on the backside of good mm-hmm. and the young crowd that is on the front side of average. And so they, they have some things they got to work out. I get all that. But, man, I mean, I remember being young Nordo and watching World Cup 94. And that's really when, you know, for me, the dream of, you know, those will grow up and want to win Super Bowls. They'll want to, you know, two outs, bottom of the ninth, hit a home run, and, and win a World Series. For me, the, the ultimate dream is to be on the biggest stage and be able to hold up that trophy in the biggest tournament in the world's biggest sport. I mean, the World Cup for me is the most beautiful tournament. Still to this day, there are those, you know, should they expand it, level of competition, there will be arguments. You know, the Euros may be more competitive because you keep some of the, the cruddy, you know, qualifying teams out of the mix. Whatever. Uh, for me, that the World Cup is such a beautiful tournament, and uh, despite all the weird doping-related things and negativity over in Russia. Um, I, I can't wait yeah. for the tournament, and it will be something this summer, uh, certainly uh, in what we call the sports abyss uh, on the fan. Uh, the, the, the World Cup's going to be part of that.
2: That's for sure. That's that's something to get excited about. So you mentioned, uh, you know, you've been watching soccer for, for a long time. You you have memories of 1994. What got you into soccer? How old were you? How did you get into the game? And, uh, you know, at this age, now that we're – now that we're north of thirty, like, what kind of supporter are you to this day?
0: Uh, I got into the game because it was really cheap, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> yeah, you're not uh-huh.
2: paying all the you're not you don't have to buy all the hockey pads and shit.
0: No, there was um and and I think there were some up here in the cities. Maybe they're still around, but a place called Played Again Sports, yep, down in mankato and uh, I got a first pair of uh, of miter cleats and some retread ball. <laughs> One of the patch you know, one of the the panels was missing off of it. Oh yeah. (laughs) And uh, and it was it was cheap, it was easy, and much like a lot of young American kids that play the sport, I mean and and you guys have probably seen this and it's you know, it's part of the bigger conversation about growing the game, soccer today is is different and it is growing, but it was a daycare sport Mm -hmm. in the late eighties when I first started playing. I was around five, six years old. So I guess 90, 91-ish. But it was something for me to get out, run around with my head cut off. And I just, I latched onto it, man. I mean, just ever since day one, just kind of the flow of the game. uh, I loved the personalities in the sport when I was a young kid. And because it was the sport that I played exclusively from the time I was five until age nine or 10, played some baseball as well, uh, it's just... And again, you know, getting to see those stars like your future heroes, Kirby Puckett hitting game six home run, we'll see you tomorrow night, stuff like that. You know, my heroes were the um, my heroes were the the Eric Winaldas <laughs> or or the Brian McBrides. Um, you know, Claudio Reina. I mean, I was in love with that guy when I was younger. So, you know, those personalities mixed with, you know, my mother pushing me into it, it being a very accessible sport. Uh, for a low-income family like ours. uh, At the time, at least, it was accessible. Uh, That's how I got into the sport. So, for today, I mean, you know, I I lazily follow Everton as a supporter um, just because it's the, I mean, the tired American cliche that if you don't have a Premier League team that you follow, uh, that somehow you are less of a fan. So, I liked Landon Donovan, Tim Howard, so I picked Everton. Now they're terrible. They got rid of Lukaku, and they replaced him with 10 midfielders. It sucks.
1: <laughs> um,
0: but, but ultimately, I'm a, I'm a local soccer fan. So, you know, getting the opportunity to latch on with you guys and really soak in your vibe has been awesome. Uh, I did the sideline reporting for Minnesota United. You know, it was, it was a nostalgia moment for me when I got the opportunity to stand on the sidelines uh, back in the NASL days with, with United. Um, to really yep. feel the game again after being away from it for a while. So, you know, anytime it's on television, you know, following it online and such as well, um, I consider myself still to be uh, a very avid supporter of the game. Nice.
2: So how how the heck did you get involved with Minneapolis City? All I know is that one day I'm up in the booth trying to set up the damn PA, and yeah. <laughs> here comes – oh, by the way, this is uh, Nordo from KFAN. He's going to be doing the, the announcing for the game
0: on YouTube.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard of you. <laughs> well, how did yeah. you get hooked up with us?
0: Well, you know, it was, uh, it was one of those things where Arlo White was busy. <laughs> and so. Uh,
3: yeah, John Johnson no, I mean, was busy. Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the A-listers. Yeah,
0: John Strong uh, had a doctor's appointment. <laughs> and so, no, but uh, doing the sideline work with United, I, I, I don't remember exactly who it was. Maybe it was Dan. Remember who? Uh, But somebody reached out to to Brad Baker, who was doing some broad uh, doing the broadcast stuff for United, and Brad just simply asked me, "Hey, you know, you want to go hang out? They're doing a U.S. Open Cup match. I think it was it was the Oakland game, right? You guys won uh, two one, maybe? Oh
2: yeah, correct.
0: And so, uh, um, so I just yeah, let's do it because for me, you know, I'm I'm also trying to grow my play by play game. I'm not great at it yet. Um, but getting the reps and, and, again, getting to do it with a sport that I love, um, that was my goal. So it was kind of a, a match relationship. You guys needed a warm body in the booth that particular afternoon, and, uh, and I loved the game, and I got to know you guys, and I got to know your players, and so it was a win-win. But it was really uh, Brad Baker with United connecting uh, through you guys and, and that it all happened. A,
3: a, ma- a match made in heaven, right? Hell yeah. <laughs> How much
0: fun are we having at Augsburg?
3: Yeah, yeah. Edor Nelson. it's where dreams happen. <laughs> so since you work with almost solely professional sports in the state, um, yeah. what is it about Minneapolis City that makes you want to come back to call our games and to do, do things like join us on our podcast that most likely gets like .005% of the listeners in one season of doing the show than you kind of get in your daily job?
0: Well, A, I like you guys, B, going back to, you know, what we talked about a few minutes ago in terms of the, the level of soccer conversation being had in this town, it's something that I personally am starved for, so anytime I get the opportunity to chat it up, I, I'm always open to do that, um, but in terms of, you know, what you guys offer as a club, and, you know, John, you and I have kind of texted about it periodically over the course of time, but you know, clubs are really the lifeblood of the sport,
3: mm-hmm. you know,
0: and, and like Brandon Bayh, uh, you know, eighth overall in the draft. He's now with the revs.
3: And he's in know, FIFA and, 2018 update. So we got, a, and, we got and, a, a crow in FIFA.
0: And and part of that, you know, you can always go back. Well, obviously it was Western Michigan, right? I think it was Western correct. Michigan. Correct, yep, correct. Uh, so you can, you can you can give them the credit, but, but a big part of it, you know, goes to you guys as well and offering him the ability Uh, To continue his craft in what probably is a more physical um, you know a a certainly more professional environment than what I watch typically in in college soccer which is why a lot of the top American soccer players are going to generation Adidas and some of these other things because you're not always getting uh, elite activity in the NCAA so I've always believed that clubs are the lifeblood of the sport Obviously, things work a little bit differently in the, United, uh, in the United States than they do overseas. So they're, you know, and we can talk about changes for hours on hours, and none of that will happen. But I yeah. think that clubs like yours are not only, you know, I've used the term ambassador a lot. I think they're important. I think they're necessary. I think the quality of play is there, and, uh, and I want to be a part of that. And so that's what makes me, you know, not only do a podcast like this, um, but uh, but just be really engrossed in, in what you guys are trying to do and, and be as supportive of it as I can
2: that's that's pretty cool man that's that's really good to hear um, it's always great to find find support for minneapolis city and and the mission in uh, in I don't want to say unlikely places but surprising places so that's always, that's uh it's, again good to hear it's just like when we see people like Jeb or Cody Cropper or some of these people showing up to these games and you're like wow there's people actually want to see what we're doing out there that's that's -hmm. a good feeling
0: well the games matter and the quality of play is there i think that's important um you know going back to the ncaa you know that's i you know the promotion relegation arguments and and all those things i think in not only soccer but in a lot of sports you know particular with basketball the one and dones in football, the rules before you can be drafted, the lack of development leagues. I think the NCAA is the ultimate cash cow, and in really a lot of cases, the ultimate inhibitor in terms of creating, you know, that pyramid of play, and ultimately, you know, the club, you know, I was talking, for instance, I was talking with Mason Toy, um, United FC's draft pick, Yep. Indiana, and he right? was, yep, Indiana, he was talking about how Five, 6,000 people are showing up to these games. I think he was in a national quarterfinal with the Hoosiers. And that should be the club, if, if that makes any sense. The, the accessibility from a development standpoint, moving it up, mm-hmm. and it, it, connecting it to the institution, connecting it to the NCAA, in my opinion, is an inhibitor uh, to the growth of the sport of soccer. So that's just another reason, you know, when you talk about people wanting to see what you guys are doing – it's because you guys are doing things, in, in my opinion, the right way, and, uh, and that's a good thing. And so I like being a part of it, and that's why other people want to be a part of it too. Uh, they just need to hear more about it, I think.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. To your point that the NCAA is a, is a cash cow, like, could you imagine the alternate universe if soccer made the kind of money that college basketball or, you know, God forbid, college football made and how? Sure. what kind of a pipeline it would be in that case? For, for professional talent and for for world talent,
0: well, if in that ultimate in that ultimate universe, uh, then the United States is the ultimate soccer world power. Yeah. Then it's like, let's go see what Lithuania has to offer in basketball. It would be that version of it. <laughs> I mean, it would just. I mean, you go overseas. It's it's the dream team. It's just, you know, it it would be incredible. But yeah. that's you know, and since that's not the case, um, you know, you see obviously the limitations in the various tiers. You have the federation basically just fighting itself at various times and having issues supporting whether it's USL or NASL is in and out of constant on the verge of folding. They're a complete mess. and MLS is what it is, fighting for TV deals. But you can see the American sports model as good as it is for the sports that it has created. You can see some of the negative aspects of it even from a development standpoint, starting to come in overseas. I mean, if, if you live in England, you know, you have to be frustrated that money is bringing in international youth to play in English club leagues that is taking mm-hmm. the spots of domestic players. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that has to do with the, the bloated TV deals and the cash cow nature of the, of the highest leagues. And as the Premier League starts, I mean, the Premier League I, I guess the, the, the NFL would be the king of all TV deals. They're making 12 to $16 billion a year, but the Premier League's starting to get paid. And so as that money starts trickling in, you start seeing some of those issues at the lower levels with clubs. It's just that, and unfortunately for America, and unfortunately for soccer, uh, that we are decades ahead in terms of those financial issues uh, <laughs> for, for club-level squads. Yeah,
3: but <laughs> decades ahead in the wrong way, I suppose. I mean, Maybe. I'd, love, yeah. I'd love to get some of that cash rolling down to our funnel. Yeah. So
2: <laughs> Nordo right now, uh, you know, you spoke kind of the premier league and, and those, and those TV deals, but beyond that, there's really limited places that people can find and consume soccer related content. Like, of course, like we mentioned, every idiot and every team has a podcast, but then there's like the B in networks of the world that some people yeah. have, but most people don't, but like mainstream media, there's like ESPN FC, there's Men and Blazers, there's NBC Sports, and that's about it. Do you see more soccer content sneaking into like large market radio and TV in the future here, or are we kind of living in our own ecosystem and we've got what we got?
0: Um, I think that it's so tough because there's so much discretionary income in this country, and you know, the, the big four take up a significant portion of that pie. I do see it growing. I think the unfortunate part of it is that it's not growing at the pace that any of us want. I mean, with, with MLS, for instance, you know, those and – and I doubt they'll ever actually release what their subscribers have been for MLS Live over the course of time, but it's difficult because of that to really determine how much people are actually watching Major League Soccer. Yeah. And part of me, in some ways, you know, if I had to bet – uh, there is a higher market share and it's it's tough because it's it's still limited viewing on Saturdays, but Premier League soccer I, I just I, I would almost bet that in some ways that's doing better and is still more popular in the United States from a viewership standpoint even than MLS. So yeah, um, I I think it's I think it's growing. I don't think it's growing as fast as we want it to. Uh, but I definitely I definitely see that. I mean and the coolest part about um, the new networks coming in or as we in our own rights we're, we're tired of paying you know my wife watches Bravo I watch live sports and somehow it's $150 a month for, <laughs> for <cable. laughs> You know, so as you go to cutting the cord and you go to more of the a la carte you see digital streaming uh, is it LA is it LAFC that's doing exclusive YouTube broadcasts I think yeah, for their yeah. inaugural season that's really so thing, things like that uh, is, the, is the conduit and the gateway uh, to just getting more soccer content. And now in terms of TV deals or, or how you're, you're ultimately seeing the, the, the paychecks uh, from that and, and logging the viewership, um, I don't know how all that works. Obviously, there will be pivoting uh, in terms of uh, you know, these marketing agencies and advertisers and such, uh, but I think that as that continues to grow, Um, I think that's better for the game because, you know, you see it with social media and other things. You know, I'm on Twitter, and I I follow the things that I like. I follow the things that I love. Other people get to follow the things they love. And so we all get paid with our entertainment in different ways. And so those that love soccer uh, will gravitate to those things. I mean, soccer fans, you know, NFL is super popular, and people will watch it, and and all that's good. But there is no more of a it's soccer it's soccer or else crowd than the sport of soccer. Mm-hmm. And there are hardcore NFLers, there are hardcore baseballers, NBA, you know, NHL, where the state of hockey apparently, even though we can't win a <laughs> Stanley Cup, um, soccer fans are all in on their sport. I believe more than any other fan base is of their sport. So. You're always going to get the support. You're always going to be hungry for content. It's the it's the starving lower class in a way. It's the it's the it's the star. I mean, it's a second tier sport in this country, and that's the reality of it. So uh, as that content makes itself available, soccer fans are going to pay for it. It's good for the sport, and definitely, definitely, we'll continue to see an uptick there.
2: I think that's that's the source of uh, a certain amount of frustration for some. Very for some vocal soccer fans is that um, be, they're used to that environment where a greater percentage of a of a, a crowded alive game is going to be all in on soccer than, it, than you you would have it an NBA an NBA game which is you know going to be quiet half the time NFL, so many casual fans that there's this uh, there's this resistance almost to, letting the casual fan in or to making it as accessible to the casual fan. I'm wondering oh, yeah. if, you, if you have a take on that.
1: Um,
0: I think it's sometimes... Hmm, how do I say it? Sometimes soccer fans can be... I don't know if it's a defense mechanism. I don't know. I guess I, I don't know what the origin of it is. But, it, but you're right. You can go to a match, and if you just want to hang out, have a couple of summits, and watch 90 minutes and go, um, that's your right to do so. But you do get the vibe where it's it's got a community cult nature to it. And that, for me as a soccer fan, I appreciate that, and yeah. I enjoy that. But to an outsider who's just like... Look, I don't understand why that guy threw himself on the ground. I mean, isn't that – that's the ultimate go-to for a (laughs) non-soccer fan is the flop. That's
2: 100% meat sauce right there. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, and, you know, or I don't know why this is happening. Why are those guys lining up nine or ten yards away from the ball and standing there and holding their nuts, hoping not to get hit? You know, why are these things happening? Um, You know, I don't want to call it – it's not a snootiness or an arrogance about it, but it's – there, there is a community cult nature to the sport that certainly would make it difficult for the casual fan to come in. Now, I will say this, though, as well. That's not something that, you know, I notice uh, on a regular basis. I mean, you know, going to Loon's matches, for instance, going to your match, uh, your matches. I mean, for the most part, it's a lot of people that just want to drink beer and have fun.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, I think when you get into online-related conversations and people are talking about soccer and the hardcores get involved. I mean, there is no sport out there. If you think about soccer for a minute, just think about the sport versus the NFL. Like, there are so many measurables. I'm going to Indianapolis. Our radio show is doing shows in Indy for the NFL Combine next week. So I'm going to watch guys in their underwear run the 40-yard dash. They'll throw a ball (laughs) around a little bit. You know, they'll do a high jump. Like, the pro sports in this country are, are so much based on measurables or stats. You know, you know Russell. You know Russell Westbrook is a triple-double machine. You know that Carl uh, Anthony Towns hits the rebounds. You know what uh, Jimmy Butler does in the fourth quarter. You know Joe Mauer's batting average. You know all these things. But when you watch the sport of soccer, you don't understand what Kevin Molino is doing. You don't understand what set up Brandon by to get away. Uh, for an opportunity to shoot one on one, you don't yeah. understand those things yeah. uh, because they're difficult to measure.
2: There's so much and, creativity involved, so much more creativity involved than probably it, it, any other sport.
3: Outside well, and of improvisation, really. Yeah, like improvisation is such a big thing in soccer that you're you're right. You you can't measure uh, a calculated run a guy makes when he doesn't get the ball, but he cleared space out for another player. It, well, and there's
0: there's instinct and intuition to it as well. I mean. You know, Guys that score a lot of goals, it's not just because they have the best finish. I mean, there's probably some guy in the back line that might have a better shot than your best attacker. But what makes your attacker that guy and what makes him good and why he scores all the goals is there's an instinct, there's a feel to the game where he's in the right spot at the right bleeping time every single time, and when he gets an opportunity, he finishes it. And you can't put a number on that. And so the difficulty for a casual fan coming in is, getting the, is taking the time to understand how different this sport is when you're ingesting it than just looking at stats and numbers and box scores because you can't look at the box score of a 0-0 game and understand why Everton got out alive against Chelsea or something like that or why that's a good result it's a tie. What the hell happened? That sucks. I don't understand why it's a tie. Uh, Isn't there an overtime? I mean, isn't there a shootout? What's going on here? Uh, So I think for the casual fan, you know, understanding how different the sport is to view and to appreciate kind of the amoebic nature of these 22 guys on the field just roaming around. There's passing, there's passing. Oh, there's a shot. Oh, now there's a lull. Oh, another shot, more lull. You know I, I think for the casual fan it's difficult and then if you get like you you know you asked the, the I, I call it a, a bit of a community cult syndrome with the hardcores because they love this sport so much I think it can be difficult for casual sports fans to to feel comfortable or at least sink their teeth into it right away yeah, mm-hmm. yeah totally so great. let's
2: talk uh, let's talk MLS for just one second and uh, specifically of course Minnesota United they uh, yeah by last count they have seven wingers on the roster uh, they're now, they're announcing new signings every day from Brazil, Cameroon, um, all over. How can this all come together in basically a week? <laughs> like, are we um, looking at another negative twelve goal differential to start the season?
0: I no, I, I think that I think the team will be more competitive. I mean, for, the vibe I'm getting is they truly believe. I think they're believing in what they have on the back line. I think they believe in Coleman. I think they believe in Calvo. I think they believe in Tissone. And so I think what they are trying to figure out, though, is how they can be more aggressive and do – I mean, this is this is Heath's game. I mean, Heath wants Heath wants them to push forward. Heath wants them to be as aggressive as possible and be on the attack at all times. So I'm not necessarily surprised that those are the choices they've made. Um, You saw, you know, in the inaugural season, the trouble they had, you know, bringing in, you know, was it uh, Bashkin Kadri, you know, Ibarra had his struggles either in form or just getting along and and getting what what Heath was trying to accomplish, you know, trying to figure out the best spot for Molino to be effective, and then, you know, going through the growing pains of of Abu Dunladi, and so... Uh, bringing in more wingers, I think, is, is speaking to what he wants to do uh, from a game standpoint. But uh, it speaks to speaks to a lot of faith in a back line that uh, you know it had its struggles last year. So I, I I believe the team will be significantly better. I mean, it's 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 easy to say it post haste, but you know you take those first couple of months out as they you know we're trying to figure out just what the hell they had and what they were doing. And, I mean, this was a team, probably not a playoff team, but but certainly competitive enough to to feel good about what they were trying to do. And you just hope that, you know, in year two now, uh, with these additions, I mean, I doubt it'll happen, but they're speaking so highly of, of the toy. I think it's it's Wyatt Olmsberg. Uh, they love this Carter Manley cat, so they think they ace the draft, which I'm sure everybody does before games <laughs> matter. Yeah. But uh, I... I <laughs> I think they'll be better um, I don't see them as a as a bona fide playoff team until I watch them but uh, I think they'll be infinitely more competitive and and certainly a, a much more enjoyable product to watch on the field
3: we've talked about this on our on our podcast before and it there's, there's... There's no hiding how I feel about how the organization is run and, and, how, and the pitfalls that they've, they've gone through in, in the first couple of years. But, I mean, there's, there's an undeniable thirsty fan base for Minnesota United to, to do well on the field. And, yes. and in my eyes, the, the organization has kind of failed the fan base in, in not being transparent that there's going to be growing pains and that they're, they're trying to build something that might take more time. Um, and that they're really, they're, their moves are calculated for a reason. It seems like there's too much made behind closed doors that, that isn't justified. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, that's a, that's a difficult one for me. I mean, I'm, I'm not behind closed doors, um, and, and so I, I can't speak to what ultimately their mission was. Um, in terms of, I mean, there was, there was a lot of hope that any franchise will sell in terms of what we're going to be able to accomplish in X, Y, Z amount of time. But you, you bring in, you, you first announced in August, I think it was, in 2016, uh, here it is, we are going MLS. And then I think they don't hire Adrian Heath until November. He mm-hmm. assembles his coaching staff, and then just trying to figure out what they had from this NASL team. you know, And, and it, it speaks to kind of the jump up that they made. I mean, and that's, you know, tier system and, and, and all those things aside, they made a significant jump with what they had on their roster in 2016 to what they were trying to do last year. And so that's why, you know, an Ibsen or a, a Christian Ramirez, Brent Coleman, I mean, these were in, in Ibarra, uh, they were the only guys that, that were still around. So you put all that together, they go out on the market and... You know they they weren't afraid to spend a couple of bucks on a couple of veterans, uh, Vadim. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's
3: a whole other oh. <laughs> conversation for a different day. You know he he
0: didn't he didn't work out and and Alvoga you know might be the nicest guy in the world but uh, he had his struggles in net. So Bobby Shuttleworth comes in. I thought provided a, a real nice stopgap. Uh, that's just not something I can really speak to in terms of in terms of hope selling versus the actual result. You know, I, I think the, the fan base is very thirsty. I think the, the organization uh, is best served by serving the fan base in the most accurate, reasonable, pleasurable way possible, which, yeah, I agree. you know, in this case is getting people in the seats to watch good soccer and win games. And, you know, what I see, I mean, you know, they bring in Chris Wright. Chris Wright's got 20 years equity. Uh, with the Wolves and Lynx. I mean, this is, this is real-deal Holyfield type of executive. And I think, you know, the, the team, from my standpoint at least, and I can understand, I mean, last year wasn't good. So there's, there's reason for, for fans to be like, you know, let's get better, and let's get better in a hurry. And I, I think the team feels that. And from everything I've heard, I was talking to Amos McGee, director of player personnel. You know, I've, I've gotten the chance to talk to Manny many times over the last handful of years. I mean, these guys care about winning games and, and putting a good product out there overall. So you know, there there will always be disagreements on how a team operates and those things. I can't speak to that stuff, but but I do know and I do feel that uh, that these guys want to win games and and please the fan base.
3: I always look back to um, to what Atlanta United did and how and how their organization matches up against uh, Minnesota Uniteds and and just how how different they went about being an expansion team and 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 the results behind it. And, and yeah. re- they really set the mark for the future of MLS by, by bringing in South, uh, young South American talent um, at a cheap cost and then basically using the European model of, of growing these guys to sell. And, and I look at what, what Minnesota United did, and I'm like, man, that is the exact opposite. And they had the exact same platform to succeed and they didn't
2: do you and remember though like i remember in the off season when we we're worried about who was gonna be i'm talking about like between uh before we went M- mls or after the announcement was made i should say and before the start that like there were all these there was all the speculation it was like guess where manny is this week and he's down and people are like oh he's in argentina oh he's in costa rica oh he's down in brazil like what what kind of south american talent is he bringing in psych some finnish guy or like, sure, <laughs> Vene- or, or Venegas, you know, and it's just like, well, yeah. I mean, you can't, you can't, bl- like, they they rolled the dice on some of these dudes, but um, you know, some again, to John's point, not quite, ex- not quite what to the effect that Atlanta did. But aren't yeah, they playing I, with like NFL money though too?
0: Well, that and that's part of the it too. Is uh, the I mean, you, you got Arthur Blank cash. Um, you got uh, Arthur Blank's fresh new stadium, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. You got the Home Depot money rolling in there uh, yeah. from Arthur Blank, so uh, that that certainly helped the cause. Um, I, I think you, what you're what you're what you're looking at is is a difference between two teams where the moves they made worked, yep. and some of the moves that United made did not work. Uh, the good thing for United is that what they did is they recognized quickly, okay, you know what? Uh, We rolled the dice on these guys. This ain't working. So we got to do something different. So, and you saw them in the off season, you know, what appeared to be more aggressive in finding uh, different talent. And so now it's, as I said, I mean, they they have, they want to be better. They believe they're going to be better. The fan base wants them to be better. So they got to be better. And so I think this year too will be interesting or even more interesting for me uh, to see, okay, Atlanta did what they did, had a little bit of success, got a cute little playoff game until Stefan and the crew shut them down. Um, (laughs) But now what does year two look like and how do they continue to build on that? Now, you know, five years from now, I'm sure there will be those that will be like, wow, look at Atlanta. They're vying for an MLS Cup every year because of what they did five years ago as an expansion team. And, you know, if Minnesota United aren't as successful – You know, there'll be the negatives there. Um, But I, I overall, I I can't, I can't look at it and be like, wow, Atlanta, you know, that's the absolute must have model and United just failed. I I just can't look at it that way. But I I do see, I do see where you're coming from.
2: So Nordo, before we get into the speed round, I want to give the opportunity to, uh, to plug any segments or shows that uh, if you want to make any plugs, now's the chance.
0: Well, let me see here. Um, I am on 9 to noon on 100.3 FM KFAN every day uh, with Paul Allen, voice of the Vikings. And uh, what do we have tomorrow? We're going to talk a lot of American football. So for those what, out there. What else
2: does PA talk about? That are obsessed <laughs> with,
0: uh, well, we're home of the wild. We're home of that's go true, for sports. That's uh, Patino's bunch uh, finally won a home game in the Big Ten. That was very exciting. Felt like they would never win again. Feels okay. Uh, go for hockey. Vine for a national championship. Uh, there's a lot of things like that, but yeah, I mean, being home of the Vikings, PA's the the Vikings' vox, so uh, that drives a lot of the conversation. And uh, Kirk Cousins, of course, sexy free agent quarterback, and the Vikings need one, so that kind of conversation is in play. But do they uh, but, yeah. really need
3: one? Is that the question too?
0: Well, it's it's a difficult situation, my friends, because uh, <laughs> all three of the uh, of the quarterbacks, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Bradford, and Case Keenum, they're all free agents. Free agents. So, as of uh, the beginning of March, I think it's like the sixth, eighth, or ninth, something like that. Uh, all of them are actually free to sign wherever they please. So, some want, uh, you know, a Case Keenum to come back because of the Minneapolis Miracle. Some aren't ready to give up on Teddy Bridgewater, even though he hasn't played in two years. Uh, Sam Bradford might be the best of the three if his knee doesn't you know, break apart and explode on him.
3: It's basically uh, a head of cabbage at this point.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty nasty, apparently. But he says he's healthy. Who knows? But, yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's basically what we do every day. I mean, we're trying to uh, trying to have fun on the radio, uh, PA, you know, not, uh, not immersed in the sport of soccer. Uh, so I will be honest that soccer probably won't come up tomorrow or most shows. <laughs> um, but uh, but we try to have fun and, and be entertaining as much as we
3: can. That's all right. Well, all right. Fire well, now it, not, now is the time for the world-famous Lupient Automotive Speed Round. The People's all Pitch right. Speed Round is brought to you by the wonderful people in the Valley of Gold at Lupient Automotive. Let's face it, your car isn't making the underwear drop when you drive by the opposite sex. If that's your goal, you're in luck. Head on down to a dealership or visit lupiant.com and pick yourself up a car that will turn some heads or drop some underwear, whatever. So, Nordo, this is how the speed round works. You will Did get you ten.
0: write that spot? I did. I did. I like it. I like it.
3: <laughs> yeah, only if their uh, their leadership could hear our show. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and Summit as well. They'd probably drop us in a heartbeat. Um, so here's how the people, or the people's pitch looping automotive speed round goes. It's 10 questions. You, we can't move on until you, until you give us an answer. Uh, kind of the first answer that comes to your head kind of deal. Um, okay. and we, and we ask, uh, each, each contestant, uh, and each guest in the show, do you need like some time to stretch? You need, uh, you need another summit? What are you good to go? Uh, how you feeling? No,
0: I'm, uh, I'm 100% guys.
3: All right. Nice. Okay. So. Let's, uh, let's dive in. Uh, question number one. What is the name of this Norwegian Viking best known in medieval and Icelandic sagas as having founded the first continuous settlement in Greenland?
0: Oof. Ragnar?
3: Uh, that is incorrect. It is Erik the Red.
0: Ooh, Erik the Red. Uh, number I know two. This sound like an idiot here. Okay, perfect. Uh, two plus two is four.
3: you didn't get that from the intro that that was what the the plan was Um, (laughs) so number two what word of Swedish origin is defined as meaning the north branch
0: oof man that's tough Uh, there's nord involved Um, I believe nord maybe that's, oh you're killing me I'm just gonna go uh, something do nord
3: so, that is incorrect. It is Nordquist. So, if you're, if you're following along, the first answer was Eric, and the second was Nordquist. Okay. So, uh, see, see what we did there. You'll be surprised how many people don't get, get that we usually start the speed round with people's names. Don't worry do From now uh, on, there are no correct answers. Yeah, there are I no do, correct answers from now on.
0: I do need about four summits <laughs> to answer the remainder of these.
3: Well, you now have some, uh, some knowledge to drop on people in just casual conversation.
0: Oh, that's perfect. Eric the Red and Nordquist. I didn't even know what my name meant. I thought it was Star of the North.
3: <laughs> it's, uh, it's the North Branch, if you're Swedish, I guess, apparently. Very cool. That's what, that's what, uh, what Google told me. Okay, uh, so number three, we like to ask this question for most of our guests, and, and we kind of covered a little bit uh, in, in our conversation, but what's the first big or, like, the best soccer moment you remember?
0: Uh, best soccer moment for me, definitely getting to watch Team USA in World Cup 94. Um, although, you know, I'd say, hmm, man, that's tough. Landon Donovan, Algeria. Let me see. You know, I'd, I'd probably say 0-2 when Team USA made the run uh, to the quarters. Yeah, and, that, was a,
3: that was a big one.
0: And if not for, I mean, a blatant handball on the goal line, were level I mean what what are we that German game I can't remember who it was maybe you guys can remember it was a a, handball on the goal line
3: it was Torsten Frings
0: that's who it was screw that guy (laughs) Uh, but that but that summer I mean how cool was that I mean it was it was incredible and uh, and I loved every bit of it
3: so number four um, what's the most interesting thing that's happened while you were on the radio airwaves
0: um hmm. let me see here other than miscellaneous vulgarity so one okay so one time there's a lot of interesting things i mean we we've, we've had a lot of good guests we've had a lot of good bits um but i guess if you wanted to peel back the layers and actually just sit in a radio studio it's not as entertaining as you might think it is
3: um a lot of sweatpants
0: like i mean <laughs> So for our morning show, a lot of people like to come into the studio periodically and just watch the show because they like to watch the personalities go back and forth and, you know, just the human cartoon characters at work. But you would not like to sit in the studio and just watch 9 to Noon, uh, just a couple of bleep holes talking about sports for three hours. You know, we're, we're happy to have you. Come in anytime you want. Uh, but it's, it's, not, uh, it's not necessarily entertaining. But I do remember um live spot so when you're on the radio you get like an endorsement or something you try their product if you like it you get to talk about it on the radio that's a big part of how radio people get paid and it was uh it was a special and I won't say what the advertiser was but it was 20 bucks off uh your first <laughs> use of it and so I rattled through the whole spot this is where This is one of the first times I had ever done a live spot. And can you swear on this podcast?
3: Yes, you can. (laughs) Okay, perfect.
0: So go through it, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Use my code NORDO, and you're going to get 20 fucks off uh, your first (laughs) use of the server. And I do the immediate, like, uh, two-second stop. And now, again, this is live on the air. And I hit the dump button. And, uh, and, uh got out of it alive, so lucky um, to not uh, to not get in trouble for that, and so uh, that's the most interesting thing that has happened to me uh, on the air. Um, other than that, uh, periodically, live broadcasts, if somebody goes out um, on location somewhere and it breaks down, um, those sorts of things can happen, so suddenly you're scrambling and doing 10 minutes of free show by yourself in the studio, and no one likes that, so... Uh, but really, it's uh, that, that one of my first endorsements four years ago, uh, my first opportunity to promote a product on the air, and, uh, and I created a potential FCC violation.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, since we're not sponsored by the FCC, if, if you're a member of Minneapolis City and you refer someone to become a member, you get, they get 20 fucks off of their membership. So Make it um... 40, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number five, who is the most famous person you've ever met?
0: Um, that's a good question. I mean, that's a little bit subjective because it's athletes. Oh, um, but, you know, whether it's, uh, Fran Tarkenton, um, who else have I met? Yeah, Fran Tarkenton. God, this is, see, it's tough because I see these guys all the time. And now you guys just are just
3: dudes. Yeah, just, they're just guys in the radio.
0: Uh, they're just dudes. There's no doubt about that. Um... I met, uh, I met Bill Parcells at, uh, at a combine. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And he wasn't even in coaching. He was just walking around. I don't even know why he was in town. Um, I've met <laughs> Peyton Manning. Um, that might be your winner. Yeah, Peyton Manning's pretty cool. I was about five feet away from Tom Brady uh, during Super Bowl uh, <laughs> opening night at XL Energy Center. Uh, and I was so in awe of his beauty uh, that I was too afraid to uh to walk up and shake his hand. But
3: uh was one yeah, of those it's, cases that the only it, thing that came out was I love you.
0: Yeah, correct. It was uh <laughs> it's it's you know, and these guys, like as a kid, these guys are your heroes. I mean these you know, going to Vikings training camp in Mankato where it was based for fifty years and I grew up there, I'd go to training camp and getting to see John Randall and Randy Moss, I mean, these guys, to me, as a 5-, 6-year-old, were gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, you know, you get to meet them, and this isn't a knock on any, any of them, per se. It's just that you get to meet them, and they're just people. And so the, the allure of it after a while, from like a, like a star or a celebrity standpoint, it does kind of go away a little bit. You respect them, and you appreciate You love what they, the stories they can tell and the great things that they've done and you're a fan, um, but it's, you're, you're not quite as starstruck, um, mm-hmm. after a while. And that's, I mean, it's, it's the coolest part of my job working in radio is getting the access to those guys. But, uh, For
3: sure.
0: you know, it's, it's not as, it's not as jaw dropping anymore as it once was.
3: Okay. So number five, or sorry, number six, if you were on a desert Island and could take one condiment with you, what would it be?
0: Ooh, these days it would be Sriracha.
3: Sriracha. Yeah, I put
0: uh, I'll put sriracha on just about anything now. I uh, I've always been <laughs> into spicy foods, man. Sriracha's the best. I put it on everything.
3: Put it on some ice cream, whatever.
0: Okay, not on everything.
3: <laughs> but who was, uh, who, Nate, who was the, the the guest that we had on that was like pickle relish, like immediately. Oh
2: no, it was like, <laughs> and I was like, sweet pickles. <laughs> yeah, of course.
3: Barf. Oh, who was that? Oh, it, uh, it was oh. Doug. Doug Sidney, our goalkeeper yep. coach. Yeah. I was like, what? Are you, who are you? Pickle uh,
1: relish?
3: Yeah, Whoa. sweet pickle relish. Okay. I mean, me I in. love
0: I love sweet pickles, but...
3: But, yeah, the only thing you could eat for the rest of your life on a desert island? Ugh. Um, all right, number seven. Uh, everybody gets one of these. It's a would-you-rather question. Um, would you rather only be able to listen to Nickelback songs every time you turn on music or be forced to read all 56 pages... Of the iTunes terms and conditions every day for the rest of your life.
0: Uh, Nickelback is awful, so I would read. I would read iTunes every single time. Nickelback is so bad, um, and and God bless them. I mean, they are the kings of the studio bands. They're still rocking. They were at the State Fair this year, but oh, that is terrible. I'll read I'll read that all day, no doubt. <laughs>
3: Okay, number eight. What was your favorite moment calling a city
0: game so far? Oof. uh My favorite moment calling a city game is when, while I was calling the game, you walked in with a summit and said that I could have that while calling the <laughs> game, and uh, and was able to enjoy a fresh beverage while taking in the action. Yes. Uh, I mean, there's that. been. I mean, there was a lot of cool goals. I I enjoyed really. I mean, and it's not. Uh, it's not to speak down about like the games I did this this previous year or anything, but I love doing that that Open Cup game uh, at uh, at Blaine, and so I was excited to see you guys win. I thought it meant you guys were getting to go on for bigger and better things in the U.S. Open Cup. We know that was that got yeah, negative that, that real quick, happen. yeah. Uh, but that was fun when you guys uh, you guys beat Oakland City. It was uh, it was a grinder of a game, and it, it was really cool.
3: Yeah, I think that was a, a highlight for a, a lot of fans. Okay, uh, number nine. What is the greatest sports call of all time?
0: Ooh, that's tough. Mm. Um, the, the most iconic, I think, is the 1980 Do You Believe in Miracles call, Al Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um, among the old, oh man, that's super tough. See, that's another subjective thing, too. You know, like what, working with PA and such.
3: Oh, you know, oh yeah. There are, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a few of them.
0: Uh, well, it's... But it's one of those things, too, on, on what do you want? Do you want just just the facts, ma'am? Or do you want the passion of the moment, you know, mixed in with it?
2: You gotta... You gotta... have The call has to have some
0: sheer joy in it. Correct. I agree with that 100%. Um, man... I mean, I would say I'd say my favorite call is, is probably uh, Kirby Puckett and uh, and Jack Buck yeah. in 1991 in the World Series in Game Six. I mean, I'm connected mm-hmm. to it as as a Twins fan. Um, it's it's a well known historical call uh, that his son has used in his memory a couple of different times on the air. Um, I, I think that for me would would be my favorite or or the best call uh, in my sports lifetime.
3: See, I would have said your, uh, your call of Brandon Bayes' first goal as a member of <laughs> that City. That was pretty good. That was good. <clears throat> you know, it's something for uh, for all the uh, aspiring uh, commentators to live up to, I think, moving forward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so we're at the anchor here. Number 10, who is the one person that you absolutely need to follow on social media?
0: Hmm. That I absolutely need to follow. That
3: you or would recommend just, or that you recommend should, anyone should follow.
0: Oh well follow me of course at eric nordo k f a n
3: nice. um man
0: that's difficult
3: we threw some we threw some pretty pretty good heat at you in this uh this speed round
0: see, I'm so down on Twitter these days too. I just went on like a cleanse well just like a ten minute jag about it today at work to two or three people that definitely weren't interested in listening but appeased <laughs> me for most of it um I'm just it, the volatility of it is awful so i like those that are funny but not funny and trying to be like snarky gotcha bitch moment i need i need just somebody that's funny um oof man you are absolutely hurting me i gotta look at my phone now can, <laughs> I, can I cheat
3: yeah yeah you know if you're not cheating you're not trying
0: all right, let me see here. So I am following five hundred and eighty-seven people. Okay, you got to follow Revival Chicken because it's delicious. Um, let me see.
2: You're just reading the top, the first ones that are on
3: your screen now.
0: Well, yeah, because I got to scroll down. It's gonna take some time because I follow too many people.
3: Revival Chicken's pretty damn good. It's not
0: bad. It's 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 incredible. Uh, If you're, okay, so in a serious slash super non-serious way, if you're interested in getting hot sports takes from a guy that's somewhat famous, although be it for the totally unfortunate and wrong reasons, uh, Kato Kalin. Oh,
2: yeah. Kato,
0: (laughs) Kato Kalin is one of the most diehard Brewers and Packers fans that you will ever meet. I'm a Vikings fan, so we'll always disagree on that, but... His tweets and the absurdity spewing <laughs> from his fingertips, uh, now with the ability to put 280 characters of, of that out there, uh, is one of my favorite follows because during yes. uh, Brewers games and Packers games, he is out of his mind. Everybody <laughs> should be fired. You know, it's, it's a beautiful thing with Cato Kalen. Cato underscore Kalen, uh, former house guest. In the Brentwood neighborhood <laughs> of Los Angeles.
3: Also, right. uh, fun fact: Cato Cameron went to my high school in Wisconsin. What? Yeah, Cato Cannon oh, is a, a Catholic Memorial Crusader.
0: So, is there a, a, at uh, at that particular school? Do they have like a a, a picture frame with him up? I mean, a is plaque. that something that that school it's actually, uh, that it's school actually, advertises?
3: It's actually a, uh, a a black leather leather glove hung from the rafters. Whoa. <laughs>
0: That's you took that one too far, John. People people died.
2: Well that is all for today. Oh We can't we can't end on that, oh.
0: Uh, <laughs> so end <laughs> on that note.
2: Oh no. no, just thank you so much, Eric. I think uh, it's awesome. You know, the the segment ran probably longer than, than we've had any interview, but it's been it's been so cool, uh, picking your brain and just talking about talking about sports with once again a true professional, uh, Eric Nordquist of K F A N, um, you know. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you again in the summer. Uh, and uh, well, it's
0: May. It's uh, May fifth, the opener, right? That's right.
2: That's right. And sometime man. in May. When's year, your When's your first some, home match? There's gonna be some preseason goodness, I'm sure. Some uh, Some some friendlies that we've got that we've got brewing. So we'll have to keep you posted. and Make sure that you are uh, you are in the house.
0: Well, if you guys uh, if you guys will have me, I'd love to uh, I'd love to do the broadcast again as much as I can. I have a blast with you guys, and I'd love to do it again.
3: Awesome, yeah, definitely, definitely one A on our list. And our first home match is May twelfth uh, against Med City at home. Sweet. Well,
0: Med City. Th- yeah. No, I'm I'm thinking Duluth. Duluth yeah. had. <laughs> Duluth was where the coach was was getting after people on Twitter after the game because yeah. he was trying to defend one of his players being. Uh, overtly brutish on the field
2: (laughs) well now he coaches in montana
3: so yeah that guy (laughs) is a a certified turd
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it sounds like he's got a better view now
3: (laughs) yeah that's for
2: sure well thanks again to eric nordquist uh for joining us this week uh we really appreciate it and thanks as always to our sponsor summit brewing it almost feels like there's a new Summit release every week So you might as well just get down to the bar or liquor store or tap room and try something new. Memberships for 2018 are so much damn bang for the buck. Uh, Do you have yours yet? Because if not, go get signed up. $60 is going to get you a cool season pass to every upcoming city game, including uh, the NPSL and the U23 matches. It's going to get you that fancy new membership scarf and, of course, a vote to help uh, make what we created your own. And if you're already a member, you can refer a friend and give them 10 fucks off their membership and (laughs) grab yourself a sweet discount on merch while you're at it. Those credits do stack up, so refer everyone in your village. If you like helping people, you need to align yourself with us, a fine group that loves to give back. Minneapolis City is a 501c3 that does good on and off the pitch by providing those less fortunate to have a safe... Reliable place to play the beautiful game. Uh, you think you're looking at those taxes, and you're thinking you sure could have used a few more deductions. Get started for next year, and uh, and give to the club that gives back. So we are out on the town, and uh, and we want you to be there. How much do you know about soccer? Well, i let you gotta you gotta let us know. We have a soccer themed trivia night coming up, starting at 7:30 at the local in downtown Minneapolis on Wednesday, February. 28th Uh, you're gonna get great Minneapolis City prize packs for all winners and uh, and of course it's gonna be fun for everybody if that's got if that's not all members can pick up their member packs and people can pick up merchandise that they ordered uh, for will call at that event soccer trivia Minneapolis City trivia 7 30 p.m. at the local on Wednesday February 28th I'll be your host you will be there if you want to get a hold of us, we have made it easy. You send a note on Twitter at The People's Pitch or through email at mcscpodcast at gmail.com. Please, all questions, comments, and concerns, hit us with them. And as always, you can complain to the club about our <laughs> vulgarity at Mpls City SC. And that is all for this week. Once again, we're going to leave you with our house MC. This is the current Minneapolis City midfielder, Miles Stockman-Willis, who goes by the stage name Millets, with a track called... No heart. I'm Nate. That is John. That has been Eric Nordo. And you are the people. Until next time, soccer is a gift. Put it inside your heart valves. <laughs> you got him. Mason,
3: just fucked your old bitch. Uh,
1: 215's one big enclosure. How I get my closure. Become a composer. I don't need exposure, but I need a mower. Always off the ogre shrek with extra odor about the bullshit i'm a bulldozer saying straight face no i ain't playing poker me myself and i i was born a loner never had a heart i'm no ordinary organ donor money magnet man i'm about to bag these maggots mainly from the brainy magic causing racket with no ratchet i don't talk much all about the action fuck my parents house trapping trying to make the hamptons happen uh get an a on the report like voldemort deporting bodies you were hot now you're not cool guess you were wasabi blessing off like a rocket hourly like it's a hobby win the league like taco all you hear is bravo call me johnny i'm a Never been to Tommy Johnny flow far from your average Joe. So my bitch is bad as Bonnie. Took a tab and dent my mind. retinals color rise, seeing crystal clear. crystallize fears near my spine's rear. Staying clear of what's not myself. Mesmerizing mirrors, humbling niggas mumbling. They need to hit a deer. Their position's clear. mine resides in all Poseidon's peers. My careers guided, driven by some gilded gears. Cheers. 15's one big enclosure How I get my closure Become a composer I don't need exposure But I need a mower Always off the ogre Shrek with extra odor About the bullshit I'm a bulldozer Saying straight face No I ain't playing poker Me, myself, and I I was born a loner Never had a heart I'm no ordinary organ donor Rocking the golden fleece, So don't try me Asking God why me Three times wearing Y3's Three minutes, three dots He's replying He said these rappers need to start dying Boy, I gave you the gift to bust off Dapper young boss Tough, soft, hot So knock that rust off Remember hard bars by far on the bus stop Now hide her or steal her. You can't make this bus stop Depressed in my hut I admit in a rut Still living good on the edge like brownie crust, trying to make a claim to fame. When you make that claim, it's sus. I'm a game changer, run a game breaker, give it up. Impressed or So at peace, never stressed at home, motto is progress or go, heart cold as a Eskimo, damn these niggas desperate, I'm a hero like Despero, Bullyproof and fully grown, gooned up eating escargot, writing like I'm Agarpo. got the process of a pro, show you how to flex a flow, records ready, set in stone, think confetti should be thrown, riding through black rims, big blunt, like a blimp, falling hard, get a glimpse, well mannered, natured pimp. So I touch her fish koi, tell that bitch quick Throw her D's on this rich boy Make her turn around cause she know that I got the voice Don't wanna hear you speak, less 10 G's on the invoice Two fifteens, one big enclosure How I get my closure, become a composer I don't need exposure, but I need a mower Always off the ogre, Shrek with extra odor About the bullshit I'm a bulldozer saying straight face No, I ain't playing poker Me, myself, and I I was born a loner Never had a heart I'm no ordinary organ donor